What's up, everybody? It is Tuesday night, 545, and that can only mean one thing, and that is I am live doing a Q&A episode with Dr. Rogers. Dr. Rogers, how you doing? Hey, Ben, how you doing? I am- it is a sign of spring. I'm looking outside the window. It's still very bright. It's usually dark, so... I think spring's right around the corner. We're, we're getting there. I, I've got a good energy about tonight, uh, about um, March. I'm excited that it's March. Um, anybody in there get excited once it, once it became March 1st, man? There's something about that that just um, that gets, me, gets me pumped. Um, and we've, we've got some great questions this week, um, a couple of which um, I, I dropped the ball on last week, and I, I, I didn't uh, – I didn't get those from the email, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're going to start off with those. They're great questions, um, and I'll remind everybody that uh, if you do want your question on our Q&A segment uh, each week, um, you can email info at performancemedicine.net, and uh, hopefully I'll do a better job of making sure I get, uh, get everybody's in there and, and uh, I also want to open it up to live questions. We're going to go for about... Uh, 30 minutes tonight, so we're going to go through the questions we got this week, um, plus hopefully take some some live ones. Uh, if we don't get to yours, um, what we'll do is we'll put those first in line uh, for next week. Um, and with that, um, we're going to go ahead and get started with our first one. Go ahead and put the, if you have questions, put them in the comments. Uh, say hello if you're with us. Uh, we'd love to, to interact with you over these 30, 30 minutes live. Um, and here we go. Question number one, Doc. A PCP stated that taking zinc long-term could affect your heart function. His recommendation was to only take zinc for seven to 10 days. If you thought you were getting a respiratory virus, uh, what's your opinion on that? Because you've been talking a lot about zinc. Um, it seems about, seems that that's about dosing and, and amount of time staying on it. Okay. First of all, do you know what a PCP means some people may not know what a PCP is primary care provider um, very important the bedrock of medicine that's what I've been for 35 years so primary care provider the most important cog in the medical uh, chain or whatever you want to say it the PCP is like a quarterback you know we're the quarterback and we're the un- most underpaid people being PCPs we're throwing all our balls to all the specialists, and yet we're the ones at lowest paid. <laughs> uh, he, oh, my, I'm, just, I'm getting off on this thing, but I think it's kind of funny. So anyway, so um, I just think I'd make a joke out of that. But that's your family <laughs> doc or your internist or whoever, you know, the guys that start seeing the patient and try to direct their care. Actually, a good PCP can take care of about 90% of medical problems. So they are kind of the most important one in the – definitely the quarterback of the team. Um, so um, the primary care provider. So let's get to the thing. I'm making a joke here, but uh, <laughs> they start, so they tar- start taking zinc long-term. The PCP provider said taking long-term zinc could affect your heart function. I only take zinc seven to 10 days. I don't agree with that. Really. I, I take zinc every day and I'm always going to take zinc every day. One thing, it boosts your testosterone level, prevents conversion to estradiol. Um, so you just don't want to overdo the zinc. It is true that there's a couple things you got to think about with zinc. One is that 
if you take really high doses for prolonged periods of time, I'm talking about over a hundred milligrams for months and years, it could do a couple things. It could affect your heart. Um, so one thing is it could deplete your copper. You need copper. So you don't want to take an overdose of zinc every day. And the other thing is there's some evidence that zinc can de decrease your HDL, the good cholesterol. Um, so I guess if you took it for a prolonged period of time, um, it could decrease that, but it, it'd be so hard to do. It's just, no, I recommend, I wouldn't take any more than 50 milligrams a day for long term, but you know, I plan on taking it forever. Make sure you take it with food though. So no, you want to keep taking zinc for sure. Um, but watch out if you take a supplement with zinc and you're already getting a bunch of it in your multi, just watch the dose of the zinc and try to get a total of about 50 hope that answers that. So 50 daily long-term uh, shouldn't be any? Okay. No, it's beneficial. Very heart healthy. Zinc is good for your heart. Very so. cool. Good question there. And uh, second question is, one of the stated side effects of quercetin is kidney damage if taken in higher doses. Uh, what is your opinion of a person taking quercetin if they have only one kidney? That's an interesting one. Um, quercetin, which is a flavonoid, in other words, a plant pigment is a very good antioxidant and quercetin is one of my favorite, you know, it's kind of getting popular because it definitely is anti-COVID, but, um, you know, quercetin is actually healthy for your kidney unless you took huge doses of it. So, you know, I just wouldn't overdose on it and, you know, um, with one kidney on any, any medicine or vitamin, you should do routine kidney function tests just to see. But um, good idea to keep a close eye on that. But I know of no, you know, you'd have to really take a huge amount of quercetin to damage your kidneys, um, in my opinion. So what I do, I take our vitamin C that has quercetin in it um, from life extensions so just take that one vitamin that has it in it if you take if you have covid or you know you might want to take you probably do want to take more but um anyway just take the vitamin c with quercetin in it unless you have covid then if you have covid take about 800 milligrams of it a day so um but good question good are, are keep you an eye on your kidney function are you still, you know, recommending since we are, uh, we're, you know, still in a pandemic and, and we're from a prevention standpoint with, uh, with COVID, are you suggesting we take the, the higher doses of quercetin uh, during this time and then possibly go to no, the one with vitamin C? No, I just take the vitamin C with quercetin. If you get COVID, then uh, we'll put you on the higher doses. Okay. There we go. And this is another vitamin question. Um, my recent vitamin... My recent vitamin D level was 13. My doctor called in a prescription, but the last time I took it, my hair came out in huge amounts. Uh, any suggestion with this? Have you seen this before, Doc? No, I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, that's a really low vitamin D level. You definitely need vitamin D. Um, of 13, that's horrible. Um, you know, you get vitamin D from the sun, but you, the doctor probably called in a prescription of D2. It comes in 50, it's a prescription 50,000 unit dose you do once a week. D2 is not the form you want to take. It's D3, which is over the counter. Now, we actually have a D3 shot I give quite often in the office. And if I'm run down or 
Uh, certainly, you know, if I call COVID, knock on wood, I'd immediately take 50,000 of D3, not D2. So it's probably they took D2. I've never heard of that causing your hair to fall out. There could be so many things that could cause that. I mean, usually if your hair falls out, it, it falls out a month or two after you change something. It takes a while for that phase to kick in. So it probably wasn't that. It may have been stress or what you did two months ago. Who knows? But just take D3 and, you know, I wouldn't, you need to get that D level up. That's dangerous to have a level like that up. And if you can't get it up with, um, the oral pills, you need to take sublingual um, liquid or shots of D3 uh, in higher doses. And uh, remember, any adult needs D with K. The vitamin K helps uh, the D move the calcium in your bones, not your arteries. So vitamin K2 is very heart healthy. So don't forget vitamin K with that. Is it, so. is it true that when, when a doctor prescribes vitamin D, it's always uh, vitamin 2? Uh, sorry, vitamin D2? D, vitamin D if they write a prescription for the prescription vitamin D, it's usually D2. They, they may not realize that, but yeah, so get D3. Just make sure it's D3. Okay. Okay. All right, good question there. Um, and this one, and I just want to, before we get into this one, we got one more uh, if you're with us, if you're hanging out, say hello, uh, ask us a question. We're going to hang out for uh, a little while longer, uh, especially if there's questions. So if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, uh, go ahead and put that in the comments. And this question right here, Doc, is, is something that's uh, very recent in the news. Um, what are your thoughts on the recent news about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine? Oh, um, I was excited about that getting approved for sure. Um, you know, uh, the deal about the Johnson and Johnson, which I think may be better, um, is that it's a one shot deal. You just have it refrigerated, not frozen. It's, I think to me, it's based on a little better technology. It's not the MRNA technology. It's actually more of a DNA technology, double stranded versus single stranded. Um, and it's still a genetic type uh, vaccine, uh, but it's carried in by a little different carrier, actually uh, an adenovirus. It's not um, a live kill virus like a lot of the old vaccines. So I'm just really interested in seeing if it causes any side effects on people. So I think if I decide to take the vaccine, um, that's the one I would take over the, the newer, the other two that are already out. And again, I'm not against the vaccine at all, um, you know, um, but um, I'm really interested in this J&J &J vaccine. It's the kind of one I've been waiting to come out. It, you know, it, it's a little controversial because it says it's not as efficacious as the, the um, Pfizer or Moderna, but it was studied at a different time and it includes the variants from South Africa. So, um, it's really probably going to be very, very effective. As a matter of fact, they had zero deaths or even hospitalizations after that vaccine for the virus. So what you want to do is make sure that, um, even say, even if you catch the virus, it's not going to kill you, even make you very sick. So that's kind of the way a vaccine in my mind should work. So you develop some of the natural immunity on your own. Um, so. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how this thing's rolled out. Um, 
the I just think it may be a little bit more safer technology. And again, I'm not against the virus. Some people think I'm an anti-vaxxer. I'm really not. Um, I, I would say that I want you to take care of your own immune system, build your own immune system up so you'll be able to fight viruses off. But certainly, you know, we're in a pandemic, although I think we're in the tail end of a pandemic. You know, we may, we're going to get recurrences off and on, you know, surges and stuff. But for the most part, we've developed a lot of herd immunity already. My, my gut feeling is by April, we're going to have herd immunity. I just heard that there were a couple states uh, that opened up full, uh, no masking anything today. I think maybe Mississippi and Texas. Mm -hmm. I sure hope our state follows suit with that. I think we need to open everything up. Yeah, you, know, you, Texas, you really need to sure keep the um, the vulnerable people from, you know, staying away from public places and all. Maybe while this thing's still going on, and keep pay close attention to it. But um, you know, we really need to to open things back up in my opinion and develop further herd immunity. It's amazing how many people have already had this virus or been exposed to it and didn't get it, had their own immunity towards it, or that have already had the vaccines. And um, so I'm very confident that by April, we're going to be in a lot better place. I'm very optimistic. And now with the, the third uh, vaccine, which I think may even be better, than the other two, even though it's it looks like 72% is not as good as 94. Um, but the, also news out about the mRNA vaccines, the first two, um, they found out recently that after one shot, you have a 92% efficacy. So one shot, 92 versus two shots, 94. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. Can, can, so, can I ask you about... Um about the, the, the vaccines that are at, out now. And, and last week you, you mentioned this very thing with um, how effective the first shot is um, with Moderna and, and, and the other one, um, Pfizer. Um, can you actually just get the, the first shot and, not, and choose to not take the second shot? Or is that, uh, is that not something that people have the, the option to do? Sure, you have an option to do that. You have an option not to take any vaccine. Get one, not get the other. Sure. I mean, if I, here's what I would do. If I'd already, I've known people that have had the virus that actually have gone to get two more shots, which to me is ridiculous. Save the shots for the people that haven't had the virus, number one. But, and maybe take one shot. I mean, you, you're going to be covered for a long time. Nobody knows exactly how long, but. You know, if you know if you've had the COVID itself in the last six months, and you're insisting on getting a vaccine, just take one and save the rest for other people that might need it more. And I mean, this thing's going to mutate and all. You know, it's we're going to have COVID around for years probably. So there may be boosters. Who knows? But um, that's my own opinion about this. Okay, so that's kind of kind of the common sense that I would use as far as getting it, you know, but you're, if you're qualifying, you get two shots, fine. Well, I know? was just wondering if, you know, if it works similar to like an antibiotic where you really need to finish out the antibiotic. Um, whereas, you know, if you actually need to finish out this two shot sequence, um, but it sounds like it doesn't work like that at all. No, I don't think it quite kind of works like that, but besides, 
there's a lot of new evidence that you don't need to take that many antibiotics. Sure. You know, it's even being questioned now, you know, if you need that many antibiotics to, so I don't think, you know, this is maybe heresy, but I think shorter courses of antibiotics are probably um, better, you know, without that, that, running the risk of gut problems and everything, unless it's something like a Lyme disease, which is a long-term pulse, pulsed therapy of, of antibiotics, which is a subject we'll get into at some point. Reading a great book about Lyme disease right now and uh, interesting. I hope to bring a, a good podcast on that. But, uh, it's just it's just interesting because um, I've always heard you know finish out the antibiotic and uh, and I've always thought that it would actually work against me if I either forgot to take the you know the last day or or you know whatnot and and you're saying that that might not be true and because um, I understand what an antibiotic does to your gut. Yeah, I mean, how many, how many things have you heard that they've told you to be true that we found out were totally wrong? Yeah, lots. At least half the advice we have given in the past was totally wrong in medicine. So unless you're keeping up with things and, you know, then you're going to be totally. I mean, they used to say eating fat made you fat. You know, we used to put people on low-fat diets. Guess what? Everybody got fat. We used to say eating breakfast was the most important meal of the day. Now we know it's not. You don't need breakfast, especially if you're trying to lose weight. You should do. You should fast. But anyway, yeah. Let me show you this. Since I'm talking about it, this is a great new book I'm reading by this Yale infectious disease doctor. I really hope to be able to do a podcast on this book. Just fascinating about Lyme disease. You know. Um, you know. You know what's kind of fascinating is that um, you know being an integrated medical office. That's one of the more common questions we get is, is you know, do you treat Lyme? Um, because typically places like performance medicine are, are a kind of a last option for, for, for many things. And, um, you know, in Lyme, there's actually Lyme specialists out there, aren't there? There's a few. Okay. There's a very few Lyme specialists. Nobody wants to get into it because it's so difficult to treat and achieve and even prove you have it. So a lot of... A lot of people don't even think, you know, they think they're, well, that's just a lazy person and all. But it turns out that a lot of these autoimmune diseases that we, we label as autoimmune because we don't exactly know why or what it is, we label it autoimmune, um, probably has an infectious origin to it. It's just hard to prove and very hard to treat very hard to treat. So, so is the key with something like that to figure out how to prevent something like that versus, um, you know, maybe a better understanding of what to do with it? No, you can't prevent Lyme if you get bit by a deer tick. Um, you know, unless you get that typical bullseye rash and fever and arthralgias, you know, but probably 90% of people that actually have Lyme disease never knew they even got bit by a deer tick. You can't even hardly see a deer tick. And really, Lyme can also be carried by other vectors like spiders and fleas and lice, even cats. So and it, it can even be transmitted in utero. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things about these chronic diseases uh, that nobody has an answer to that Hopefully we'll have an answer to, but anyway, great book. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. That's a deep dive. That's a really deep dive, but, uh, 
I'm um, I'm looking forward to a common sense MD on that. Um, that will be our that's our last question that we got from from comments and emails uh, over the course of the past week. Uh, Deb, hello, thank you again for being here. Elena, hello, Steph, um, what's up? Thanks for being on YouTube. Uh, for all the people live, uh, thank you for for hanging out. Uh, if you have a, a a last minute question, go ahead and get that in. We're getting ready to sign off here. Uh, and if it doesn't get in, you can go ahead and email uh, info at performancemedicine.net, uh, where we take that's where we take all most of the questions that start off uh, start off the show. Um, Dr. Rogers, thanks uh, thanks for hanging out again with me on on this Tuesday evening. Um, I, I hope you get to enjoy some of the some of the nice weather out there and maybe get a maybe get a walk in. Wonderful, great, great seeing you, Ben. We'll see you next week. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you guys later. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.